0: this might really be the real end How's it hit you When you get that kind of news Man, what you do And he said I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain climbing I went 2.7 seconds On a full four- Someday I hope you get the chance To live like you were dying He said I was finally the husband But most of the time I wasn't And I became a friend A friend wouldn't like to have wasn't such an imposition And I went three times That year I lost my dad Well, I I finally read the good book And I took a good long hard look At what I'd do if I could do it all again And then I went skydiving I went Rocky Mountain Someday I hope you get the chance To live like you would i Like tomorrow was a gift And you got eternity Think about what you do with it What did you do with it What did I do with it What would I do with it i
1: God, I love that song. Well, welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved, better half.
2: v hello, Patriots.
1: Butter, better, better, butter, <laughs> beloved, better <laughs> I half.
2: You're on a butter kick.
1: I am on a butter kick. It's crazy. <laughs> Maybe it was just because it was Thanksgiving. We had a butterball turkey.
2: We had two of them, actually. We had
1: better butterball turkeys. <laughs> you're not. Craziness. Anyway, tonight, uh, we had... Dr. Dr. Mark Sherwood on. Yes, uh, to talk for, about cancer. Yes, very serious, but why I kind of played that song um I guess I've lived like I was dying before, so that's why I love it so much. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Uh good song. Love that song. I know Dr. Sherwood would love that song too. Either way, um so, Very in depth conversation about cancer yeah. uh, and the effects from the jab. Uh, we covered that. We covered what causes cancer, uh, and that
2: was really more of it. You know, and and y'all know I've been on this rapid onset cancer kick for a while because I see in real life, in my own life, people that are either we're in remission from cancer and it's come back after the jab, or they're developing cancer that they shouldn't develop at the age they're at, or the cancer that they had is spreading as a result of the jab, and it's it's really concerning and something that's been seriously overlooked by a lot of people. It's really just starting to come to the forefront, and I've been talking about it for months. Um, but we had Doctor Sherwood on, and my intent was kind of to, a win in your corner. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I hate being right. I yeah, hate being I right. This is another one of those wins I hate. But we into
1: the world type shit, folks. Yeah. Well, just you know,
2: um, we we brought Doctor Sherwood on to talk about cancer, and, and and I wanted to to really get to how the jab is causing cancer but in order to get there of course you need a baseline what causes cancer in the first place and how do you fight it naturally and uh, how do you fight it with the drugs that they they use
1: those how do we avoid all it all better yet which was so, really well, the primary basis of the conversation was how do you avoid cancer yeah what are the things you can do some and, and cancers you, you can't know how he, to avoid it unless you know how it's caused correct some cancers he legitimately gave us a, a way to avoid because some of them are toxins that we just take in and just daily basis because you elect to go to McDonald's more than eat food out of your garden. Um, Folks, that's a dead giveaway for cancer is comes from a really a lot of bad stuff that we put inside our bodies. So
2: So, we had a good debate on whether cancer was caused by nature or nurture. And I I think we concluded that it's a little bit of both. Yeah. um, But more, more nurture than, than than nature. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there are ways to avoid cancer and, and we did get into how the jab can, affect or cause cancer. Um, well, not cause
1: it, but rapidly move it forward from where it exists to rapidly moving forward. Um, And why? And, and why? Yeah, exactly. What was the, the, what's the framework behind that? Because the framework is not just, well, you had a little speck of cancer and now it's blown up. It's all over the place. No, there's actually some framework back there in your body that actually propels it forward. So either way, good conversation though. And a lot of information. So pay attention to this one. Enjoy it. Um, Again, don't forget.
2: Well, uh, it's now Cyber Monday.
1: It will be Cyber Monday.
2: Well, no, when when this comes out. Yeah, it'll be cyber, it will be, it'll cyber, be cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Yeah. So um, there's still lots of sales going on. Yep. Um, if you want to find out more about Dr. Sherwood's work, you can go to sherwood.tv slash patriot party. You get his free ebook there. Um, you know, I actually got Dr. Sherwood a new customer today did you yeah you know and and this is funny because i see more more and more people that you wouldn't expect waking up every day so the girl at our vape shop the new girl at our vape shop okay have not met her yet. okay with the the half nose ring
1: no I okay haven't met her
2: yet. anyway she's really cool um and she's telling me she's moving back to oklahoma i'm
1: sure she is no anyway. she she is because okay.
2: basically she's um out of a job or no no well it, she can't afford to live here um that's kind of how it is, but anyway. So she's moving back to Oklahoma. That's where she's from, and I was telling her about Dr. Sherwood, and uh, so her boyfriend can't get the job, the jab, because he has a very rare blood disorder, and she won't get the jab because she understands that it's a poison death shot. Um, you know. Uh, People you wouldn't expect more and more. You can't judge a book by its cover. So she and I, well, had no, a, I she and can. I had, I know, but she and I had a great talk about politics. How you know the Democrats and the Republicans are two wings of the same bird, um, and they're basically all out to fuck us either way. Yep. And uh, and and I encouraged her to go look up Dr. Sherwood since she is going to be moving to Oklahoma when she She'll told be me a, that. A I was like, woohoo, too. yeah, she is. So I was like, go look up Dr. Sherwood, check out his ebook. I gave her one of our cards too. So. Um, Welcome. Yeah, welcome aboard. And uh, so, you know, really exciting because Dr. Sherwood's doing both. I told her about his, her, I told her about his functional medical institute, uh, specifically, you know, for her boyfriend and and her own health problems, because he'll be a great doctor for them. He and his wife Michelle will be great doctors for them when they go to Oklahoma.
1: Great asset to have in your back pocket. Absolutely, somebody you can call. Be like, hey, health, does this make you know, sense? know, health and
2: nutrition, and and you know, the all around wellness, because it's not just about your physical wellness. It's also about your mental and your spiritual wellness. Because if you don't address all three of those aspects, you're never going to be truly healed. Correct. And and that's what Doctor Sherwood does. He addresses all three of those aspects. So, uh, to learn more about that, again, Sherwood TV slash Patriot Party. If you want to learn more about his political campaign, you can go to Sherwood twenty twenty
1: two twenty twenty two Sherwood
2: twenty twenty two dot And uh, but when you go on his website on the uh, Sherwood TV slash Patriot Party, you get his free ebook. You can Correct. also um, look at all the supplements that he has supplements and vitamins and that's something I
1: actually got to go health on there and look plans, at all kinds of
2: stuff and you can save 10% with the promo code Patriot party. So that's, that's fantastic.
1: I need some healthier pre-workout stuff. Yeah. And yeah. he's got it.
2: I know. He, I got to go,
1: get on there. I got to get on there. Been yes, absolutely. Tell myself to do it. For well, maybe
2: now. I'll get you that for Christmas. There you go. Okay.
1: Uh, so, and then also Dr. Stella, don't forget about Dr. Stella. Yeah,
2: drstellamd.com. She saved my mom's lady. life.
1: Yep. Sure did. Uh, get your ivermectin and your hydroxychloroquine because as we know right now,
2: People of Earth,
0: I am lur of the planet Omicron Persei 8.
1: Omicron has <laughs> Is this thing on? Omicron <laughs> no. has entered the United or well, it's coming. It has coming. not entered the United States. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming, coming to the US. you so, know,
2: it's their new scare their near new, new scare tactic, fear tactic, yeah, fear tactic maybe, whatever you want to call it. But I think it. maybe we should call this the the Chisholm variant.
1: Yeah, a little on the dress, a little on the desk. That'd be, no, that would be the Clinton variant. <laughs> no, Sorry, no, my bad. No, I meant to, that be, because it's a distraction. But yep. they are pushing it
2: for the fear porn. So Omicron again, is coming.
1: So go get your hydroxychloroquine. Go get your ivermectin. Put and it guess in your what, folks, box,
2: just in case. Get it
1: because when you start to feel bad, you can start popping some hydroxychloroquine. And it works. Dr. Anthony Fauci doesn't want me. to talk about. Uh, go get some. You can have it on you. Better to have and not need than need and not have. Yep. So folks, go get you some ivermectin, some hydroxychloroquine. It's not fucking horse paste for the umpteenth time. It's an actual <laughs> drug that It comes works. from a
2: pharmacy in a prescription that like is labeled for human use. So, it says it on it. Yeah. Not for horses. For you, you don't for, get it from a, a veteran. I don't yeah. go
1: down to the local vet and say, hey, give me some hydroxychloroquine and some ivermectin. Although no. I do
2: hear that the feed supply stores have, have been... Um, Hey, I do it. Of the
1: ivermectin. I do it.
2: Tastes horrible, but that's okay. So, And then if you want to finish out your Christmas shopping, for yep. those of you that took our advice and you're shopping early this year because you know that the supply chains are broken, MyPillow has some amazing sales going on right now. The mattress topper is 50%, 50% off, off with the promo code DEFIANT. Um, the Holy classic crap, pillows folks. are that's 20 like, bucks.
1: Dude, I could buy another MyPillow mattress topper for like maybe 200 bucks.
2: Yeah, but we're not moving into separate rooms when we move into the new house. No, I know. As much as you may want to, because of my
1: snoring. <laughs> Holy crap! I would really so, love to lately. We didn't but, buy that.
2: If we had bought the five bedroom house, that might be a different story. But four bedroom house, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't have another one. No jack and Jill uh, bathroom for us. I so. might
1: go sleep on the <clears throat> floor of the kids' room. <laughs> Either way, long story <laughs> anyway. short, folks, go get you a my pillow mattress topper. It's oh It's lord. And the, it is the slippers
2: are seriously to die for. My, mo- my moccasins have now they've they've got some wear and tear. I actually melted the the soles at Josh's Thanks, place. Thanks, Josh. Um, <laughs> But they're so comfortable because I wear them constantly. I wear them like shoes. So um, folks, I almost wore them to church when I walked out in protest today, but yeah, I didn't. was a
1: little crazy. I wore my um, boots instead. They made a bigger sound anyway. Yeah, so they did. Okay. They, a lot of people <laughs> turned around and were like, oh, she's out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go get you some uh, my pillow towels. Of course, those are awesome. Uh, oh my god! All the fantastic. time. Uh, also, get the I sheets. I want to say there. dream sheet.
2: And don't hold me to this, but I believe right now the towels are a set of six is like forty bucks thirty nine ninety eight. That's like nothing. Yeah, seriously. They're seriously, normally you like could buy Walmart bucks. towels
1: for that, and the Walmart towels will last half as long and do and what be scratchy a, and yeah. itchy, itchy after like
2: one washing. Like no, my pillow towels are amazing. I actually
1: washed our my pillow towels, and wow. They, I washed them. They are. They are amazing. They, yeah, they really did. are. They she really did. Are. Um,
2: and last but not least, our favorite sponsor, our first our first sponsor, sponsor, Cultural Culture Life nineteen
1: seventy two. Go out, folks. Click get you
2: on the link in the bottom of this. Yes, the sale goes on through the end of the night uh, on Monday. Monday. Night. Yep. So click on the link. You'll get up to you'll 50% get fifty percent off, off almost the entire website. Order. I think the only thing that's excluded is fine is jewelry. Is fine jewelry. That's so it. 50%. It, and fifty percent such cute clothes,
1: folks. Your daughter, your wife, whatever. If you're a guy listening to this, buy some clothes for your daughter, your wife. If you're a woman listening to this, buy some clothes for yourself. Get get your husband's credit card, just like my wife does. Stick your Say, name on it. Give from me,
2: Santa. Give me there you go. Give me
1: your credit card, because um, I know how you are, dumbass. And I already have. You're all not the credit gonna. Cards. You're not gonna. You're not going to buy me the right size anyway. So give me your credit card. I'll get my sizes. I'll buy everything. You're good. Just sit there in the corner and color like you're supposed to. Look good. You're eye candy. You're not actually here for a conversation. But you want to
2: get your Christmas shopping done now because if you order from amazon you're funding the deep state and if you order from some random website online it's probably coming from china yep. and it's going to be sitting on a ship off the coast of california for the next four or months, new york
1: wherever you're wherever at, wherever
2: it is for the next four months yep. because now of course unless you're fully vaccinated you're not allowed in the united states and that includes truckers um, oh and by the
1: way the fully vaccination thing is to both shots and the booster and, the booster. So...
2: and then the next booster And then the next booster. And I can't wait to get to the point where the people who've had the seventh booster are mad at the people who've had the sixth booster. Yeah. If if we get to that point, if they're not all dead by then. Yeah, I was about to say. By that time, everybody's going to be dead. uh, Maybe the fourth booster. Like people who have the fourth booster, they're like yelling at the people that have only had the third booster.
1: What about the people that never got a shot?
2: You know, by then, we're going to be in concentration camps and Australian gulags. Possibly. What's your job going to be in the concentration camps? Right.
1: I'd definitely be a guard somewhere. <laughs> okay. I'll be letting people out of the fence. I'll be holding the I'll fence be up.
2: I'll be sowing dissension as I normally do.
1: <laughs> so. What's the difference, right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> That's fun so stuff. Walks you know. like a
1: dog. Duck hey, talks exactly. like a dog. So, probably uh, is uh, But, but we're
2: not getting thrown in concentration camps or gulags before Christmas. So, you know... Honestly, no one knows what the next year is going to hold. 2020 was crazy and 2021 was like hold my beer and um, and 2022 could, could be, be like hey hold an my crack even bigger shit show. So, you know, take this time before we are, you know, completely censored, arrested, thrown in gulags for refusing whatever medical tyranny, up. whatever whatever happens. Take this time, take this bit of time, and enjoy your friends and your family, your children, if you have them, and and appreciate it. Because, you know, I sit down for dinner at night. We sat down to the most amazing Thanksgiving dinner with friends and family, and we had food to feed an army. And I thought to myself, as I do at just about every meal that we sit down at now, Man, this is amazing and I really appreciate this and I am going to hold this memory in my head for a time when I need it, when we don't have this abundance of food and love and friendship because I fear that time is coming. So uh, appreciate it now while you have it. Uh, what better time than Christmas? And Christmas is is not a commercial holiday and we're encouraging you guys to go out shopping for your family. and That's not what it's about. But giving your family or your friends presents on Christmas is telling them how much you appreciate them, how much you love them, how much you care about them. And it it really is the thought
1: that counts. So So while you're doing that. Don't think about it as I'm just giving them something that I bought from China that some Chinese person made. Let's do something where we actually feel good about that, where we're actually supporting a cause, like the free, like the culture of life instead of a culture of death. Let's promote life here. And let's say, hey, um, instead of funding abortion, let's there's a naughty nice list that Carla puts out. And the gnarly, naughty nice list is the companies that support abortion and the companies that don't. And there are very... That nice list isn't all that big. The naughty list is freaking huge. It is. It's Um, scary. It's disgusting. So, long story short, let's fund something and that looks good at the same time. Let's support a patriot and let's support a cause that we know leads to a cultural life. So, again, cultural life, 1972. Go in there. Get you some of them beanies. The beanies are still left. The I'm amazed. Are adorable. I'm amazed. There's a lot of beanies left. So she was telling me that she still has a bunch. So order your beanies now. Get your beanies, especially with the,
2: if you're in the great cold north. Yeah, you could really use red, it. white,
1: and blue ones. I it was we were watching football earlier. Uh, I was watching football yesterday. To be honest with you, I watched a little bit of football today, but I was watching football really yesterday, and it's already snowing in Michigan and ohio and everywhere else so folks you might as well go get you some beanies get you something that's going to make you feel warm but also going to say hey look i support something that um, a lot of leftists really fucking hate so go ahead you know if you if
2: you have a a friend or a family member that you know has trouble sleeping or they have a bad back or a bad neck get them a my pillow because you're you're both you're thinking about what you can do to help them, as well as giving them a Christmas present. You're showing them that you really care, that you listen to them, that you understand their problems, and you're trying to help them get over them in whatever way, shape, or form that may be. Doesn't make
1: you an old man, trust me.
2: It, no it really doesn't the my pillow is amazing so it really is you're old with or without the my pillow so it's, but it's cultural life
1: obviously go there they're our first sponsor we love carla we love having her on she's been on a bunch of times talk to us uh, she always tells us about her sales and deals and she has a hell of a sale going on right now folks get on there order some clothes do it for y- your loved ones do it for your wife do it for your girlfriend do it for your daughter whatever you've got do it for them guys we're kind of screwed um she only has a T-shirt, and eventually I will be modeling one of them. Um, it's just a T-shirt, but whatever. It is a T-shirt. You're still helping. It, it, still, he promotes rid that, it still promotes of that culture of life. So, folks, go out there, get on it, uh, get it done. Help out Dr. Sherwood, Dr. Stella. Help everybody out. Do, do the best you can. We know you, everybody can't do everything, but do the best you can. Uh, these are all patriots. So if you know people that are in need, you know people that are sick, that need drugs, that need, that are sick with, I, I just sent my best friend, I sent him up to Ohio. I gave him a bunch of hydroxychloroquine that I had said, Hey, take this because he was going up there to visit a family member. Who's really sick. Um, and they've already stuck her on a ventilator and all this other stuff, which is not good news. Um, and her husband is being threatened with the same thing. And I was like, give him this, tell him to stop being stupid and just take it. See, let them feel the difference. The second that they take the drug, I mean, it's not instantaneous, but at least a day later, they will start feeling the effects of feeling better. And that is the big part. Once you get them over that threshold, they'll be sold. That's it. It's over. And At honestly, that point, job's done, bitch is dead, you can go home.
2: When my mom was sick, she started feeling better even before she started taking the hydroxychloroquine because I started her on vitamins.
1: That, another, that another all-in-one
2: vitamin thing. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing to give someone for Christmas as well. I, I have a good friend who... Absolutely hates vegetables. She will not eat vegetables, and it's caused serious heart- health problems for her. And I'm gonna get her one of those one of Dr. Stella's all-in-one vitamins, and and go. give her that for Christmas because again, I understand. I, I've listened to her. I understand her problems. I care about her, and I want to try and help her feel better for Christmas. Dr. Sherwood, at the same time, has some other amazing books besides just this free ebook. He and his wife wrote this book called Fork Your Diet, which is all about nutrition. With recipes.
1: And actually. It's fantastic. They got rid of that whole pyramid triangle that we used to learn. Yeah, no, in that's, uh, it's upside down. Done. It's literally. Done. I mean, get that, it out of here. that
2: makes your health worse. So, um, you know, go check out these websites. You can find someone. You can find something for everyone in your life and still support patriots and still support the cause. and And really let your friends and family know that you care about them, that you think about them, and that you want to try and help them get better so here it is
1: it's all we got to say about that so anyway yep. without any further ado dr sherwood folks enjoy and uh we will be back uh we will talk to you later
2: yeah I'm not gonna take it
1: not gonna take it have a good day folks thanks for listening and welcome back folks to another edition of the patriot party podcast i am the mick and with me of course is my lovely beloved better half
2: Felin. hello patriots
1: and with us part for the part for the course, for a normal Monday, um, and um, for the normal start to any most for most weeks, we've got Dr. Mark Sherwood with us.
3: Welcome back, sir. Man, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. And I got to tell you, Mick, I really appreciate the introduction you you give to your wife. I I think that's honorable, and VLAN, I want you to know that's honorable. I do that for my wife, as you know. I call her my queen publicly, and and last night at an event. I called her, she's my queen, she's my best friend, she's my lover, and the whole crowd goes, ooh, so it's pretty cool.
2: (laughs) Well, I've been training Mick for a very long time, so it finally took.
1: Yeah, good job, (laughs) Mick. Well, you know, it does take a while to teach an old dog new tricks, so. (laughs) I started when
2: he was 12.
1: You'll have that. (laughs) Right. It's been a bunch of years,
3: needless (laughs) to say. Love the patience you guys exhibit for each other. It's awesome. We try every once in a while.
1: Yeah, it's, um. It's it's definitely a give and take relationship. Let's put it that
2: way. (laughs) Well, and and you know, I mean, you know, Doc, that marriage is about commitment, and you you can't have a successful marriage unless you completely eliminate the idea of divorce or separation from your mind. Because if you have that as a fallback, you're always going to fall back to it. But if you don't even consider that an option, then you have to work through it and you know fight through it to get to the other side and come out stronger. So. That's uh, that's how we roll. So, you know, I I kick him and he apologizes and it works out great.
3: That's such a good word. And a lot of people don't don't make the original decision of marriage with the uh, best intentionality of the prayer, you know, uh, making sure you make a good decision. We just rush into it. and At that point, you know, it becomes like you, you didn't make a good decision in the front end. You didn't make a good decision in the middle. So when you go back to the beginning and you make a good decision and make sure that, you know, God's in it, it's the right person for you, it's the right time, bam, you jump in and it, divorce doesn't even become a, it's not even an idea, it's not even a thought because you know it was the right thing to do.
2: Absolutely. And and Mick and I have been, you know, we've been through the fires, we've been tested um, Mm -hmm. since he had massive brain surgery about a year after we got married. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's that's not a... An easy thing, right? But when you right. when you face that kind of a struggle early on, everything else seems petty. Yeah. So yeah, good um, point,
3: good word.
1: Especially when they tell you you only have a couple weeks to live. Yeah, that was uh, that was a huge one. That yeah. I would say. Yeah, uh, that changes things a bit for any relationship. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who yeah. you are. Well, and
2: they told me that he had two weeks to live without the surgery and five years to live with the surgery, and that was seventeen years ago. So. Um, I mean, they're, they're great doctors, and, and, uh, and they told me that, well, they told me he had an 85% chance of living five years, and I said, well, where's the other 15%? And they said, well, we, we just give that for a little bit of hope, but no one we've done the surgery to has lasted more than five years, so, you know, he's going to die. And I said, well, you do what you do, and I'll do what I do, and we'll see who wins. Yeah. And I, I like to win, so I, I did in this one as well. So.
3: <laughs> well, you guys inspire me, and I think, you know, that's a great concept of even we're going to talk about today the idea of you know there is a prognosis from people wearing a white coat and then there's healing from people wearing a white robe, namely god himself so that's that's important to understand you know I and mean, that's a that's a thing we do around here and in, in um, our practice a lot is we we trust the great physician uh he knows better there's miracles that happen every day and mankind can't figure it out and i'm okay with that absolutely i thought that was the way it's
1: supposed to be but that's just me
3: <laughs> yes sir
1: yes indeed i didn't think we were supposed to figure it out
3: no but, we're not but with we that we need to trust in faith we do we we just don't do that much anymore because we want to figure we want to have all the answers before we even step out in faith and you know our prayer life it becomes a secondary thing instead of a primary thing
1: well, with that today, the topic obviously being cancer is uh, that's obviously not an easy topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when you get into that, you start talking. Um, I, I do believe that there is a, a always, obviously, after having gone through what I've gone through, with the extended recovery and everything else and all the other crap that went behind it, having to learn how to basically walk again, talk again, speak normal, um, not like a wacko. Um, uh, from everything I had that to do, that one. yeah, it didn't really work out too well. But uh, there's prognosis is that's something that I think a lot of people mistake for fact. As for uh, really, it's not about. I would love to say it's about the person, and it is to an extent. And then there's uh, an extent of that prognosis that also I think relies on faith. And there's a lot of people, when you start mixing the two, that's where people get kind of mushy about it. Well, I don't like that because that's not scientific. Well, it's not scientific, but it's the way that God does it. So I'm not really sure why you yeah. wouldn't do it that way. And do you find a lot of people in your practice come with a lack of faith or, uh, and find an overabundance of faith? Or is it more of just a, a complete all the way around lack of faith and that they believe that, well, the science says I'm going to die? I mean, because I've noticed that. I mean, yeah. we, we went through it with her mother. And her mother, Oh, well, you saw it. You knew. You uh-huh. know. She was like, I'm going to die. No, you're not. Stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. I mean, do you find that a lot in your practice?
3: We do. Um, you know, it's, it's all over the roadmap, as you would guess. But I think to, in today's world especially, uh, we've been bombarded with the idea, trust the science, trust the science, trust the sciences. if you know, the science doesn't match up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people come in with all kinds of um, fear, because if you think about that from the concepts of trust of science, there's always, at least today, there's this pairing that goes with it, fear. Trust of science, fear, trust of science, fear. And they go together. Well, that doesn't work in the area of faith. It's completely opposite. The faith says, you know, science is good information. It comes from God. But faith says we always trust in hope and faith ahead of anything else. We have to understand that from God's perspective, we don't die one day quicker than he says so. That's something we can put as a concrete. From the fierce perspective, we could die any day. You see, so it's two different things. So when people do come to see us, we try to uh, stop them, slow them down from this train of fear that goes so out of control towards the cliff to bring them back to say, wait a minute, Uh, I know what science says, but science comes from God. So God supersedes science. So let's, let's trust God a little bit and realize that he loves you. And you're in this earth and this planet for a reason, and you're in our lives for a reason. And so you're in your husband or wife's lives for a reason. So let's believe the reason is, is going to supersede anything anybody says. And maybe God is, is indeed bigger. And we plant that seed in their lives and uh, we see them get better and uh, they get better a lot, you know, really hundred percent of the time they get better and they don't even, we've lost people over the course of our years doing this, of course, you know, but people have um, fought the good fight and they've transitioned, they've changed addresses when they were supposed to.
1: It, do you believe that? Like, uh, I mean, how many cancer patients would you say you've seen
3: in your time practicing? Oh gosh! I mean, it's it's hard to put a quantifying number on that, Mick. But it's been a lot. I mean, and, and I will say, people come to us generally that have that that horrific disease process. Um, generally speaking, after they've tried everything else, you know, and, and um, that from one hand is unfortunate because, like recently, um, recently, this has been the last um, two month period. Um, Get contacted by a friend. Hey, my brother is, uh, you know, got stage four pancreatic cancer. And they sent him home to die on hospice. Well, they brought him in here. And I'm thinking, oh, my, you know, I would like to have seen him like four years ago, you know. Uh, But we did what we could to do and gave him a little bit of um, comfort, hope, and peace. And, you know, spent some time, you know, praying with him, praying over him, encouraging his wife. And he he died about um, a couple weeks ago. So, it was, it was hard to have him here in my office, you know, and and, and believing, trying to give him some belief, and um, I wasn't with him when he died, um, but, you know, his brother said he went peacefully and he knew the Lord, so, you know, he was suffering, though, man, and it was hard, but the majority of people come to us at that stage. Now, a couple times, people will come to us way ahead of the game, and they'll say, I just got diagnosed, and... You know, they typically do very, very well, very, very well. But it, it, timing is there, and, and as you can guess, it's it's challenging either way.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, you, you said you wish he'd came to you four years ago. Um, I'll tell you, Doc, and I, and I want to get into what causes cancer, and, and yeah. I mean, if as much as we know, um, and how we naturally fight cancer. But the thing that's really scaring me right now is this increase in what I call rapid-onset cancer. And I I see a direct correlation between that and the jab, you know, the COVID shot. Um, I've seen just in my own life, my uncle died of rapid onset stomach cancer uh, a month after getting the jab Mm -hmm. with no previous issues. I mean, he had other Mm -hmm. issues, but never, and he was in the doctor all the time. So he'd had cancer screenings a lot. He was diabetic and didn't take care of himself very well. um, But he just had a cancer screening and then he got the jab and then he got cancer and died um, almost immediately. My best friend is 42 and he has rapid onset stage three prostate cancer. Um, my boss's wife had breast cancer. Dual and,
1: vaccinated too, by the way. Yeah, they're all double vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um wow. my, yeah. ba- my,
2: my old boss's wife... Um, of course I don't work there anymore, but she, uh, she had breast cancer and her doctors convinced her to get the jab mid treatment. And she seemed to be doing well with the, you know, the poison treatment that they give cancer patients. Um, and then it spread immediately after the jab spread to her spine, spread to her liver, the tumors doubling in size every 48 hours. It's, um, she's, you know, back in chemo and radiation and all that. And, and somehow she's still alive. Um, I actually just asked about her the other day and she's still fighting and uh, but it's, it's, it's so scary. So, you know, I think we're seeing more and more of this Dr. Cole. um, I want to say he's in Idaho, I think Uh, he's out West somewhere. Anyway, he was saying he saw a 20% increase in cancer coming through his lab in the last, you know, six months. Um, And, and we're seeing, we're hearing about more and more and more of it. And I think too many people aren't making that correlation, but what, what causes cancer? Where, I mean, where does it come from? We hear about it all the time. I had a breast cancer scare a couple of years ago and my doctor was like, well, stop using deodorant with aluminum in it.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I, and, and she, I was, I started looking into it and I was like, wow, she's, she's right. I shouldn't have been putting this on my body for the longest time. But um, yeah. where does it come from?
3: Well, I think we look back historically and we must understand that you go back to the maybe early 1900s and uh, cancer as far as the cause of death was way down. You know, it was like uh, near the bottom, maybe uh, 10, 11, 12 uh, from one. Um, and what happened at that point, you get in the early 1900s, we had a lot of industrialization, a lot of chemistry that was put into our world um, in our environment. And so we saw this rapid Increase of environmental pollutants and toxins that was put into our food supply, you know, our, uh, you know, our world in general, and we started to see this this cancer kind of creep up, and then we saw, of course, you know the uh, remember the Marlboro Man, we saw that, you know, doctors were smoking and the whole bit, and then we see. You know, it, it's still increasing. You know, right? And then we see specifically you go to the um, food pyramid. Remember that all the uh, the breads and grains, and we saw the fat-free foods come in with all these chemicals and all the processing. So we saw this rapid increase of these chemicals, these compounds, these pollutants that that all are looked at by the body. We <clears throat> look at there's always a toxic component there's always a compound that is in there or compounds that have created a, a nasty sort of um, a milieu of a toxic mass and then you have you have that as a component and you have this rapid onset of cell growth which is a component and so let's kind of dissect the toxic element first and then we can dissect the sugar element second right the growth but overlay that with the idea of the immune system getting induced. So the immune system is our surveillance system. We've talked about that before, you know, the uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Space Force, Coast Guard. It's like all kinds of uh, militaristic um, surveillance equipment, internal, external, covert, overt. And the body is paying attention to everything. And when you bring in stuff that the body looks as foreign, which has increased, you're gonna get this increased inflammation signaling. We know that chronic systemic inflammation is a part of this as well. Now, our genes have changed only 2% in 10,000 years. That's it. So with the increase and in influx of these toxins, it just makes sense that the body hadn't had a chance to evolutionarily develop to deal with the foreign invaders. So therefore, you got this increase of the inducement of the immune system sort of platform that's happening and so um, does that make sense so far
2: yeah absolutely
3: right and then you look at the toxic element so toxins get transformed from our system by the detoxification system which i kind of call that biotransformation and so a toxin is typically entered in the body exogenously from the outside in right and so the toxins are fat soluble that's very important to understand so in other words if they don't get excreted or expelled from the body properly they get stored in the fat tissue well we've also seen an increase in the fatness or the obesity rate of society haven't we so this is like having more room for toxins to get stored right so if the toxin doesn't get transformed out we see them get stored, and it can't, you see cancer increase, right? Now, the brain, as we know, is a home of toxins because it's mostly fat. So, even, well, the, the interesting thing about that is the detoxification or biotransformation process, it works well if we have enough nutrients to drive the system those being B vitamins, amino acids, uh, et cetera, you know, plant compounds. But what's happened also is nutrition has gotten more poor. So now nutrition has no nutrients and toxins, and now we can't run the transformation system, the detox system, and we store more toxins if we gain more weight. So it has been just a a, a milieu of mess. So there's that side of the coin. And then the other side of the coin is the, The growth of tissues, the growth of cells. Well, what causes growth of cells? There's a pathway in the body called M4, M-T-O-R, mammalian targeted rapamycin. And so it is signaling growth or building. It's a building process. You know, you guys were talking about houses and all this stuff a moment ago before we went live here. You know, but the, the building of houses has to have material. So when the body senses that there's food in the belly it signals the mTOR pathway to build well we're told to eat all the time and that is an interesting dilemma because that doesn't match either we are meant to feast and fast so this five meals a day of highly processed foods that causes rapid cell growth combined with the introduction of a massive amount of toxins and the growth of fat tissue is a perfect storm and right now cancer uh, if you look at it like that it kills almost 600,000 people in the United States every year. The amount of cancer that's killing people is exponentially increasing. Right now it's just behind heart disease which is 600,000 and in our lifetime I predict in the next five years it's going to pass it and it'll be the number one cause of death for Americans annually. So there's a long explanation to a very complex process, but I think people can really understand the genesis of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it it sounds kind of like a nature versus nurture argument all over again, because we hear about genetic predispositions towards cancer. Like if your mom had breast cancer, then you should, you know, cut your boobs off when you're 25. Like, and where does, does that play a factor as well?
3: It does. So Angelina Jolie made this very, um, uh, famous a couple years ago, there's, there's two of these, they're called BRCA1, BRCA1, and BRCA2. These are tumor suppressor genes, tumor suppressor genes. So if those things are turned on, you will obviously suppress tumors. That's good, right? Now, understand this, V. Lynn and Mick, that the amount of cancers in the United States of America <laughs> from the um, disposition of not having those tumor suppressors Active, you know, that's genetic, right? Is only about 5% of all breast cancers. Just 5%. Now, that's a shocking statement, but this gets even more shocking that of the people that have BRCA1 or BRCA2 or both mutations, where those tumor suppressors are not really functional to their fullest capacity or non functional at all, six out of 10 women in America are said to get breast cancer before they die, if they don't die, something else. So the question becomes is, what happened to their 40%? Why didn't they get breast cancer? So when you look at the 5% there, you, you know, there's 95% that are hanging over here that we'll talk about, but which has a genetic component, and I'll get into that if you want to, but of this 5%, 40% of that, you know, is is not effective. So that makes it down to 97%. So 97% of all breast cancer then can be inferred to be um, having the following factors, genetic, toxins, lifestyle, genetic, toxins, lifestyle. So it's just those three things. So a lot of people put the BRCA1 and 2 as the primary things. And I think that it's interesting. I think, don't quote me on this, because I recall Angelina Jolie went ahead and did the, um, the mastectomy and really... The uh, hysterectomy and all this and told her to do that and I believe she has a sister that did a little more research and said oh no 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 I'm not going to do that so the, the irony of that and now it's interesting that um you know like 23andMe the genetic test used to put those informations out there yeah and it was freaking people out and so they don't do that anymore because there need to be more counsel with true statistics like I've just given you about the idea of breast cancer so That's the the tumor suppressor side. So there's a lot of information. Hopefully it made sense as well.
2: Now, doesn't your immune system have some natural cells that suppress cancer as well, that fight cancer, B cells or T cells or something like that?
3: Yes. Our immune system has uh, B cells, T cells, and NK, natural killer cells, which are crazy cool. But again, back to our idea of systems of the body. What makes the systems of the body function well. They have to have materials to make them run. And so the more we um, don't feed ourselves correctly, the more we bring in processed foods, the more we bring in chemical exposure, don't pay attention to that, the more the immune system is induced. It wears out. And and back to the discussion about vaccines. If you have a system that's already wore out and you bring in a vaccine, whether it be the... um, the mrna insertion vaccine which is chronically inducing the immune system right mm-hmm. or you bring in chronic vaccines period which are still inducing the immune system it is, it is immune overload and when you have immune overload the body can't keep up and so t cells b cells nk cells i mean they're not going to function very well because you don't have the weaponry there so you know a lot of people would look at this and go well does that mean we could do something about cancer? Yes, that means something we could do something about cancer. At the same time, understand that cells go through a degradation process. Every day you have this cell turnover, right? So cells get damaged. The body goes, hey, you don't need to be here. So there's a process that's the opposite of mTOR. Remember, mTOR is building. What's the opposite? The opposite is called autophagy A U T O P H A G Y. Some people say it's autophagy, autopsy, six, one, half this and the other. But that process is triggered when we fast. Isn't that interesting? That so is. So when you fast, the body goes around and says, hey, are there damaged cells? Are there damaged mitochondria? And I need to go after those things, either fix them or kill them, right? So fasting and feasting have a lot to do with it as well.
2: So do you, uh, do you encourage intermittent, intermittent fasting? I know that's kind of been a, a fad going around and, and actually I, I've always kind of done that anyway. Cause I'm, I mean, I, I usually only eat maybe sometimes one meal a day, maybe two. I mean, we really um, just sit down and eat dinner. I might have a cup of coffee for breakfast and I usually skip lunch. I'm just not that hungry in the afternoon. So I'll, I'll go, you know, 18 hours without eating and then eat a big meal, um, which then when I heard about intermittent fasting, I was like, oh, well, I already do that. Um, but you think that's a, a healthier way of eating for people?
3: I do. And there's one other way to look at it, too. People can get their arms around this because on one hand, they hear to fast and they're going to go, well, how much time do I need to go without food? Well, another way to look at it is you can look at it from the compressed eating sort of side of it. So if I say to someone, okay, I'd like you to you know, make start eating your food within a six-hour window during the day. So what is that? That's an 18-hour fast is what that is. And and coffee doesn't break the fast as long as you don't put anything in there. So, um, you know, yes, it's good. And, yes, it makes sense to this process. Now, granted, um, you know, like children and younger people shouldn't really do that fasting like that because they're in a growth spurt. But once you get to 25 years of age and onward, yeah, that's really good, really good habit to do.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say that because we have two boys and they pretty much eat us out of house and hole, home oh, right yeah. now, especially our, our teenager when he comes home from... Whatever sports practice he's doing, like he'll he'll eat an entire dinner before we sit down yep. and eat dinner. So yep. <laughs> I feel like that child never stops eating. Um, he, he'll grab a box of triscuits and eat it in the car going to school for breakfast after <laughs> he's already had breakfast. Oh what kind of kid likes triscuits? I'm like, just eat a box of cardboard. It's pretty much the same thing. Pretty um, much. But-
1: well, actually, I was gonna buy him a wicker swing set. See if he ingests that for once. <laughs> I thought maybe that would work out better. It's more fiber in it for him at
2: least. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> He's going to
1: turn mean, into a goat. <laughs> we, we, You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, obviously, as V-Lynn likes to put it, and she says it all the time. Oh, well, this rapid onset. Uh, is it really rapid onset cancer? You know, I'd say the severity of the cancers have been more rapid, I guess, underneath the, the vaccine. However, is it really that or is it the fact that is it more the fact that people are just not going to the doctor because they're scared to death of this freaking disease? that oh it's going yeah. to kill me even though it's not
3: i think it's all of those things Mick you know we've and and you guys know me uh personally and professionally and i've i've been very disappointed uh, in our leadership across the board from government medicine and church i really have i, I haven't seen anyone Uh, talk about lifestyle. I've seen no one talk about even, you know, like we don't need to be scared and really go into a uh, courageous mindset. Let's live healthy. Let's live right. Let's encourage one another. Let's lift each other up. Let's live with faith. Let's trust in God. I've seen no one do that. So I I think there's been a chronic uh, fear that's went around uh, our world. And as we know that when you go through fear, there's a stress hormone called cortisol when the body has a massive amount of cortisol, and this is part of the equation, if you will, when, when the body's going under chronic stress or hypercortisolism, however you want to look at it, uh, the body's systems, once again, are shuttled and all the nutrients that drive those systems are shuttled over to your survival process. In other words, when cortisol is going on, you're being chased by a bear, at least, you know, physiologically it's trying to eat you. So as far as fighting cancers and viruses and all that, body doesn't have time for that you're about to get ate by a bear so the chronic fear has catapulted the ideas of these diseases uh like cancer to the forefront and i'm afraid it's going to get worse because um no one is talking about what we're talking about this podcast right now we're doing you know if people would listen to what i just said and go back and replay it replay it replay it replay it until you get it into your heart mind soul Um, this can be one of the most important podcasts you've ever seen in your life because it will change the the course of your life and give you a chance to sort of get control of your life again because right now life is rolling over people. Life is just completely just bowling over them like a bowling ball. And we need to get control of life if you don't, it will control. Unit is right now, so that's that's a huge thing that people are dealing with. I mean, I I, I always feel sorry for. I, you know, I saw it yesterday. I saw it. Uh,
1: we were uh, out and about yesterday. I saw it after we finally got done. We got done with the podcast. We had to run out. I I, I saw people walking around again wearing masks, and I'm like, man, I just outside I, by
2: themselves. I,
1: I feel bad because yeah. I'm like. How are you that scared? I mean, I, I really – I sit back and I ask myself that serious – I just ask that serious question. Like, how are you that scared? If you're that scared of that, I can only imagine the way you will be when you find out that, like, virus is back or something else comes Smallpox. back. Smallpox. Uh, you, you're going to – I don't know what people are going to do. I think so many people are going to wither up and die because I – and it's not about it's not about their education level or anything like that because mm-hmm. I'm sure that these people are very smart. It's just about the fact that they believe everything that everybody says. If you said something on TV, for instance, my favorite is. Uh, when me and V-Lynn first moved down here to Georgia, we were sitting there and they told us, oh, the cold weather's coming, the snow's coming. Oh, I was no, sitting there no, going. Oh, no, no,
2: this was the best. We were
1: sitting there. We're going, holy crap, it's going to snow. Hell is freezing over. This is what this means. So me and her went down to Kroger and we bought popcorn and we sat outside Kroger and we literally <laughs> watched people run into Kroger because you got to understand down here in the South, people it don't see. Snow. It doesn't snow. People <laughs> don't see it. But because the TV told them, to go buy bread, eggs, and milk. You should have seen the gar- grocery carts coming out full of bread, eggs, and milk. If your powder oh, yeah. goes out, and your I was bread, like,
2: eggs, and milk aren't gonna last very long. And then I was like, <laughs> what, you buy what are you gonna in do? A snowstorm? Make a whole
1: bunch of French toast?
2: I, because actually, I, I don't see
1: yeah. it going very far other than that.
2: They they uh, no. the first winter we were here, and actually Mick wasn't even here, but they came on the news. And they were like, it's going to be 40 degrees tonight. Make sure you run water through your pipes and protect your elderly and bring your pets inside. I'm (laughs) like, it's 40 degrees. I need to bust out a sweatshirt. (laughs) And, of course, we came from the great cold north, so that was a little different. But all day long, that's all the mainstream media pushes is fear. They peddle in fear constantly. You know, they used to peddle in in other things, advertising and, and, you know, actual news stories. And now it's just fear 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 fear
1: and it drives yeah. me nuts I mean for instance I'm sure you heard like for instance we heard about this last night but uh the guy the guys that drove through that parade in uh, Wisconsin w- Wausau Wisconsin
2: Absolutely absolutely
1: disgusting absolutely yeah.
2: and, and it was it was
1: weird because we heard from um, well we heard through the news that there were three black males in the car that were driving. No, no,
2: we didn't hear that on the news. We heard a person. No, no, yeah, on the news. We found out from, through from Twitter, like Jackie yeah. Sobic or whatever. One he of was those like, guys. Oh, no, no, there was like three black males in the car, yeah.
1: and uh, they drove through basically on purpose. And uh, yeah, the, uh but all you heard like this morning when I turned on the news, all I heard about was how there was a driver. Yeah, Who, who and was, that was,
2: it. Who was um, they said he was, well, there's all kinds of different stories. He had maybe been running from the cops from another incident where he had stabbed someone. So the cops were chasing him. Like they're trying to blame the cops for chasing oh, him yeah. so that he went through this brain. Cops shouldn't have been chasing him. <laughs> exactly. Um, he had just been released on bond for uh, domestic abuse or something like that on a thousand dollar bond um, just that morning. It's all the um, cop's fault. It's, it's, never, you know, it's, it's never the person's it, fault. It, it, the whole thing is just, I, I'm just disgusted. But I
1: think this, this piles on to what we were talking about just a second ago, which comes to personal responsibility. And this also applies to cancer, because no matter how, it, how you boil it down from what I understand you're saying, and I, I just listen to everything you said, and I uh, think the biggest takeaway there is personal responsibility for your own well-being. You've got to take care of yourself before you take care of anything else, else. No, can't even speak.
3: I agree, you know, and the, the bottom line is when you look at this whole picture, there's two things to keep in mind to firm what you just said. We've transferred all of our responsibility, personal responsibility, to care for our safety, uh, information, uh, well-being, uh, monetary support. We've transferred all of that over to the federal government, haven't we? Yep. We've transferred all that over to the media. We've stopped even thinking for ourselves. We live in a world now where people think they deserve to be taken care of without even working. Uh, People, you know, I don't have a cell phone, so you, federal government, need to get me one. Uh, It's so, you know, barbaric and so out of line with just simple principles like if you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, pretty simple. I think the second thing with that one is to understand that, you know, why are people so scared anyway? You, you mentioned that. Why are people so scared? And and I, I've done a lot of thinking about that over the last, you know, 12 months. And, and even the last three months, you know, out on the campaign trail, you know, people are scared, right? And so I've had a lot of time, you know, in my quiet time, driving time, preparation time to think about why are people so scared? And, and I, it seems to boil down to this one thing. And this may seem seem big and profound but it's really important i think people are scared because they don't know what's going to happen to them when they die in other words they don't know what the future holds for them what does eternity to hold for them and not and i just you know it's it's always been in my heart to say to people look life is going to throw you some curveballs sometimes you're going to hit them out of the park And sometimes you're going to get your butt struck out. That's just part of life. Bad things happen to pretty good people for no reason. Good things happen to people that don't do much at all for no reason. That's life. But I know that when I leave this life, you know, I have faith. I have a relationship with God that I believe that when I leave this earth. I'm going to just change addresses and end up in eternity in a place called heaven. That's what I believe. But when I look at people and I hear people talk, a lot of people don't know that. They don't have that faith. They don't have that hope. And uh, and I think that's where we are right now. I think there's uh, that's probably the main source of fear. You know, what's, what's going to happen to me, you know? And it, when you fear death more than you live life, you're not living life at all. And people are there right now in that in that place and it's it's pretty sad. I, I,
1: I agree wholeheartedly. Um I, I guess you can uh, I, I guess I can equate that to, you know, when you've been in that position already uh, where you've kind of resigned to the fact that yeah, you're I'm I'm definitely there's been a couple times that <laughs> I've been in that position where I was like, yeah. I'm definitely not making it out of this one.
2: I, I think Mix yeah. actually died. And if you seven times, if you mm-hmm.
1: when you do make it, um, it's a. a uh, I don't know. It's like you get a you you lo- lose. I, I remember the first time that I was ever in that position where I was like, yeah, I there's if we make it out of here, uh, it will be absolutely an effing living miracle, and I will. I will bow down and I will do whatever you ask of me at this from this point on. And we made it. And holy yeah. cow, I kind of had to sit there and say, well, okay, what do you want me to do? You just tell me and I'll do it. And, right. uh, cause we did make it and I was like, holy crap, I cannot believe this. And it, it's a craziest story in the world, but we'll, we'll get into that one another time because you have to ask me, make sure you ask me about that one because that will blow uh, your mind. mind. That will, when I tell you that story, you're going to absolutely go no way. And I'm going to be like, nope, I'm dead serious. And, um, I still know the guy today and I tell you what, the guy is a hero. He's been a hero in my book. I actually put him in for an award and I got as can but uh his captain read my write-up and he took my write-up and he wrote it up and he got approved after that point i was like why wouldn't you approve it for me i mean he saved my (laughs) life he didn't save yours but anyway (laughs) long story but uh that um i think once you've been in that position you kind of lose that fear and that fear goes away and you realize that yes uh one of the things i always liked was there was uh the movie i forget the the one where they go to saudi arabia and they help Solve the murder case of the guy that uh, the terrorist that blew up the place by the oil. I forget the name of it. The, uh, it wasn't the siege. It had uh, oh, that really the famous
2: Jamie Fox. Yeah, Jamie Fox in it. I
1: don't remember the name of the movie right now. I know now. what movie you're talking uh, about. I don't remember either. It was like the uh, the Emirate or whatever. Anyway, it was based in Saudi Arabia. Long story short. One of the things I loved in that movie was in the beginning, uh, the director of the FBI is sitting there in front of the Department of Justice lead or whatever, the head of the DOJ. And he says, you know, back in Vietnam, Westmoreland had us write our obituaries, like first day as second lieutenants. And uh, he did that not to show us that um, he did that not to show us that our own mortality, but he showed he did that to show us that life is finite. And when you realize that life is only a set series of circumstances, and those circumstances can change depending on what you do, you kind of apply that to the rest of your life and you lose that fear of death. And he looked at the guy and he said, you know, I kind of take that to this job, knowing I know this job's not always going to be there. So I'm not really worried what's going to happen to me. However, I wonder how you feel about life, because I'm sure that you believe your job will be here forever. And he walked out of his office at that point. And I was like, wow, that is a real poignant thing to say to somebody that, hey, when you write your own obituary, you kind of change that whole. You understand that life does come to an end. It's not there's no. And, you know, cancer patients especially, uh, a lot of them, I've met a bunch. I Trust me, I, I pick them up all the time, take them to the hospital. And they yeah. all, some of them, you can tell the ones that have kind of given up. And then you can oh, yeah. tell the ones that have said, you know what? No, 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 it's not over yet. Stand by. I still have some of the best years ahead of me. And it's, you, you sense it there's a different sense in their belief and their process of where they're at. And you also notice it in their healing because every time you pick them up, they're already starting to look better. Uh, Especially the ones that kind of said, I still got a couple of years. I, I, the guy up there knows what I'm going to do. It's not my choice, but he will tell me when the time is right. So yeah, I I've noticed that about even cancer patients. It's, it's, it's odd and that they realize that life is finite and that there is a certain amount of time that we all have on this earth. And, When you, I guess, I guess you have to really, it's basically you have to, your will, you have to give in. You have no willpower at that point. You have to basically give in to God. It's God's plan. Um, It's unheard of us for us to make up his mind about what he's going to do. So, I mean, I, his will will be done. I mean, that's what they always say. I don't understand why we think we can just jump in there and say, well, no, nah, not so fast, especially doctors. And I yeah. see that most from doctors and I see that from like people like Dr. Fauci, for instance, that's a perfect example. And yeah. he likes to say no, because he just came out what just yesterday and he started talking about how the boosters, um, yeah, you're going to need a booster. Uh, yeah, he he has now defined what the third, what fully vaccinated is. Fully vaccinated now is not until you have you've had a booster.
2: And we're no longer conspiracy yeah. theorists on that point because we said that six months ago, and we were once again proven right. But um, uh, another question for you, Doc. You know our, our friend Janet, um, deplorable Janet from Deplorable Nation, who used to be a nurse. Well, she's a retired nurse, and uh, she told me something that absolutely shocked me a while back. She said that they developed cancer treating drugs from mustard gas Mm -hmm. that yeah
3: so you look at like chemotherapy in general um it's meant to kill stuff you know right Uh, mustard gas was meant to kill stuff it's meant to kill things and so you know the whole idea of chemotherapy let's think about this is to go in and you have this this cancer mass here and it's it's kind of spread out let's just kind of look at like a conglomeration of Bad cells. Well chemo is designed to go in there and kill all that But when you kill all that you're going to kill other cells too that are good Right, you're just going to kill things now on one hand you would say well, okay. We killed the cancer But what else did you kill? Yeah, you know you killed this I call it collateral damage And so everyone will tell you that the collateral damage aspect of that is probably greater damage than the damage you intended to cause in the first place. And so you see a lot of these chemotherapy patients with a wounded, uh, negative immune system, um, that has perpetuated and they end up dying of pneumonia or something like that. It's, it's almost barbaric. And then when you read, um, a lot of the literature out there um you know i give ty and um uh, charlene bollinger credit they're great people great friends of mine and uh, their book truth about cancer i recommend that anybody that's heard this podcast you know get that book it's it's a great book it's great read i've got it on my bookshelf in my office right here i like it and um it sort of goes into the genesis of medicine how it's been commercialized and but it's good background um i look at cancer from the standpoint of you know, when the body's cells go into a, um, a breakdown mode, this is another way to look at it, right? That might be a mode that they're supposed to be, um, quote unquote, cancerous. So the body will see that as a bad cell and then the NK cells will go, huh, I need to surround you and kill you. So if you look at from that aspect, maybe cancer is not a negative. It's a positive occurrence, right? See, positive occurrence to kill off this bad cell. On the other hand, the negativity of it is that if the process that that's supposed to trigger is not working, that means that cancer cell could multiply, become a mass, then a tumor, and then metastasize. So, you know, it's like, we just need to redo our thinking. And the way I understand with chemotherapy drugs is there's a profit aspect to the prescribing physician, the oncologist, and anytime you have a profit aspect assigned to a treatment, just like even we call it the Fauci protocol, when there's profits attached, it creates a bias, whether we like it or not. And the bias is going to drive our decisions. You know, that's why even in here, we've had people come in and um, this is just an example Uh, again, not knocking what I'm going to use as an example, it just is, but they've come in here and said, Hey, I've got this supplement here and you need to use it It have to be network marketing right well we have a bylaw here in our clinic that we cannot do that because i know in my mind and that i could look at a person in front of me as a customer instead of a human being and then it becomes dollar signs over the then, it, then and, it drops the
1: care aspect and turns it more that. into a business aspect and a that's I, right i can make money doing that uh, I've, I've seen that that's a un, very unfortunate i see that unfortunately it is. you really do see that on uh, in the ems side of everything i i oh, yeah. really not a big I, I hate riding the bus i don't don't get on the bus i'm a firefighter because that's what i like to do i'm dumb and i like to break stuff and it's a lot of fun but um <laughs> I I, I hate because, like, the EMS thing is crazy because we'll see these guys come out and they will be – like, for instance, uh, one of the things I do like – about like some of the some of the technology for instance we have the lucas device and the lucas device is just a cpr device and it basically maintains cpr no matter what you're doing with the person in front of you instead of having a human do it you have a battery operated device that's giving the proper compression rate on a on somebody while you're doing other things and keeping the heart pumping and uh like that aspect of it is awesome but then i see other stuff that people come and try and pedal and i'm just like no because now we're, we're losing that care aspect you're are losing that um uh, it inner personality where you're talking to somebody where you're actually having this conversation with another human being what do you feel where does it hurt uh instead now we're going to diagnose with drugs blah 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 like our drug bags i know when i first started in the ems realm the drug bag maybe had four or five drugs in it now we're up over uh 33 total drugs in the bag and we're talking some of them are really high I mean, some of them don't get me wrong. There are times that people need them. Uh, you break a leg, you have an open fracture, and it's pierced the skin, and it's sticking out from your femur. Absolutely, you're gonna get some. Uh, you're gonna get some heavy-duty painkillers. Uh, but there's other drugs in that bag that honestly, I honestly don't believe that a paramedic should be given anyone. Um, and the yeah. fact that a paramedic can do that, it's it's kind of scary. Like some of the drugs that they can dispense. But with that, though, you see that i mean obviously chemotherapy is one of them um they they tried to do i've shit uh, on me they tried to do uh, gamma, laser gamma, gamma knife, knife radiation, radiation therapy on his brain. Yep, and, and i said, said oh no i'm gonna get rid of the problem that i have but yet you're gonna give me brain cancer all at the same time well that's not accurate i said the gamma ray is one of the most powerful rays and you mean to tell me that it's not going to go anywhere else in my body oh no it's just going in your brain i'm like yeah, I don't buy that. Not for a second. <laughs> no. So we
2: went the traditional surgical route instead. But, you know, it, that's really what that's what big pharma does. And, and I'm glad you brought up Ty and Charlene Bollinger because I was going to. Um, in fact, yeah. I gave their book to my old boss when his oh, wife good. was diagnosed. Good good. Um, I.
1: Why does she sound why does Bollinger sound so familiar?
2: I've shared that with you as well, oh, okay. Ty and Charlene. Yes, um, and you've—I've watched their videos and showed okay, it to you and, and all of that. i was about so, to say, I know the name. Well, I don't know why. and we. So when we went to Clay Clark's event in Tampa, one of the very first people we met was a gentleman who had said that he had cured cancer with a B vitamin, um, <clears throat> and they put him in jail, and he's no oh, yeah. longer allowed to sell it in the United States, and i'm yeah. like well because they don't want you to cure anyone because then they're not making any money cures don't make money cures actually heal people so um that was that was kind of a crazy matter thing. of fact you were at that one too yep yeah
1: um, that's the first yeah, time well, ever. Yeah, speak yep
3: um, yeah, look at this whole idea of cures versus um you know management um pharma is about management and God is about cures. And so I think the human being and the human body that we were created in the image of God is really all about um, uh, preventing disease, being disease resilient, and even uh, overcoming disease. That's the way we're made as human bodies, human exper- experience is that. Now, we've lost that identity again. You go back to that, we lost that identity. To, and now we've turned it all over to Big Pharma looking for a pill for an ill. Um
2: you and know, or, we've lost our way, and
3: I just hope we get it back.
2: Or, or a shot for an ill. And, a shot, that's right. I'm going to wrap this up with this. Um, you know, you talked about NK cells, natural killer cells, and um, uh, B cells and T cells, and, and all of those things in your body that fight cancer, that keep yeah. those things suppressed, um, and your immune system in general. And, and we know that the COVID jab suppresses all of those aspects. It suppresses your immune system. People are losing 5% of their immune system every week to the point where they're, they're, they're basically going to be in full-blown AIDS here soon. Um, you know, if if the ADE doesn't get them first, um, or, or cancer doesn't get them first. And, and I know, you know, once again, people will say, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. I don't care. No, no, no. And I hate being right. But um, because usually when I'm right, it means that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die. I really hate being right. Um, <laughs> but but I, I just have to, I have to say, because I see it, I see correlations in things. That's just, it's one of the things I do. I see patterns, I see correlations. I put things together that other people wouldn't necessarily associate, but they make sense to me, right? You fit those puzzle pieces yeah. together. And, and I see that the COVID jab is causing cancer. It's causing cancer to explode. And it's yep. really scary because now we're giving it to kids and you know, the boosters are coming along. And people that already have these seriously suppressed immune systems are, are going to they're going to get cancer. If they had a, any kind of predisposition towards cancer, if they had a couple cancer cells floating around in their bloodstream, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden they're going to just explode mm-hmm. and yeah. And, and grow and grow and grow. And, and it's never going to be brought back to the jab. No one's ever going to correlate that after the fact, they're not going to say my dad died of t- cancer because he got the COVID jab.
3: They, they won't because right now we live in a world of manipulation, uh, coercion, uh, flat out lies and uh, this propaganda and it's unfortunate because even in this broadcast and, and we've talked about a variety of things that all matter you know your faith your food your mindset your 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 family who you hang out with that kind of stuff and unfortunately in today's world no one talks about that you know they don't talk about the addition of covid 19 um, genetic editing sort of insertion and what that does and and we we just we've lost our minds so much and i just encourage people to go back and start thinking thinking more again for yourself and uh when you do especially um, before it becomes illegal yeah yeah they're trying to make it illegal now and trying to make wow. it unacceptable and you guys are like uh, conspiracy theorists because you have two brain cells go figure yes.
1: <laughs> so where are you gonna uh, be where are you gonna be coming up doc where i know i know you got campaign stops coming up where are you gonna be yep
3: well, I'm going to going to be in uh, Dallas for the next Reawaken America tour, which is kind of cool. Um, I'll be in uh, let me see on my list here. Um, I'll be in Duncan, Oklahoma, on December the 16th. I'm excited about that. Um, I'll be in uh, uh, Monday, December the 6th. I'll be in Logan County, Oklahoma. Uh, for a town hall meeting. I'm pumped up about that. And then I believe on December the 14th, I'll be in Payne County for a town hall meeting. And this last weekend, um, I was actually all over the state. I was in northern Oklahoma, northwestern Oklahoma, and southern Oklahoma. I drove about 500 miles in 24 hours and was just, I went from a stage to the back of a pickup truck to a stage. It was kind of cool. That that is
1: that's that's stumping. (laughs) That is stumping. Right. You're exactly a grassroots campaign. I love that. And one of the things, uh, too, I I saw some hope there coming out of Oklahoma. Actually, the other uh, was it last week I heard about it It was a news report that the National Guard, the general there said, no, uh, I'm not going to enforce the vaccine. And then uh, the governor, your current governor, um, I I guess he's more of more or less a rhino. He said, yeah, I'm going to help you with this. I was like, yeah, it's a little too late. Uh, yeah, no too, kidding. Too little too late there, pal. But then uh, the government came down and said, no, we have the right to enforce it. And the governor automatically backed down. So people in Oklahoma just, again, if you're not looking at this, uh, the governor backed down. The general said, no, I'm still not going to enforce it. Yeah, I think that the so, government
2: said, we have to enforce it or you're no longer considered National Guard. and you'd yeah, be like a, 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 a militia, a militia, essentially, essentially. A state militia. And the commander yeah. said, okay, then we're a militia.
1: Yeah, so, right. I mean, you... you there's some hope coming out of Oklahoma in the in that aspect, but I still saw the same weakness, I guess, in your current governor that uh, I guess you all have seen that I haven't seen because obviously you don't live there. Yeah. But apparently it's that same weakness that you all have seen, so I can, uh, can't argue with you on that one.
3: It is. I was proud of the general for spe- speaking up and saying something about it, and, uh, you know, um, again— if I were governor I would have said all right you know cool call some militia but get your ass out of Oklahoma that, that, that's... And I would have, I would have done that because I'm not scared of the federal government because they work for me and they need to understand that so what are they going to do you know, what are you going to do do you, do you actually think that the, uh, the the United States military I mean under any any concept let's just play this thing out one level further let's say the government said you know, Get out of Oklahoma let's say the general says no and let's say the federal government says okay you're not longer part of the military militia okay we're here right let's say that what are they going to do they are going to pull away your weapons yeah Yeah. good luck come get them I dare you I I know it ain't going to happen you know so it's a big game of chicken and they're we're waiting desperately on leaders to step up and say no And this goes back to that 1775 concept. People are looking for those people that are willing to take that quill pen in their hand and say, my name is Mark Sherwood, governor of Oklahoma, and I don't care what you think, federal government. Get out of our lives. You work for us. Goodbye for now. I I completely couldn't agree more. Absolutely, folks, again,
1: if you haven't heard him speak, go out to one of these events. Just listen. Five minutes, five minutes of your time. We watched it happen. At uh, we introduced uh, Dr. Taylor uh, two weekends ago, and we, me and Velan were standing there. We were waiting to go on, go up, and actually, we actually were the last act right before she came up, and uh, we were sitting there just waiting, going over what we were going to talk about. And this lady was standing in front of us, and she goes, "Who's this for?" And I looked at her and I said, "Well, it's for Dr. Taylor, ma'am." And I said, uh, "She's running for governor." She's like, "I've never heard of her." I said, "Well, do you have yeah. ten minutes?" And she looked at me. And she goes yeah, I got as much time as I'd like. I was like, well, then do me a favor. Can you just stand here and Mm -hmm. listen to her? Just listen to her once. I guarantee you walk away with a different opinion. Well, then V-Len started talking to her for about 30 minutes. And then we get called up there. She goes, well, wait a minute. Who are you? I was like, oh, we're nobody. We're just... Uh, we have a small podcast. We're, we're just talking.
2: <laughs> we just talk a lot. <laughs> so we went up there. I didn't
1: realize how many of our listeners actually showed up to this thing because we actually got yeah. a pretty good ovation going up. And I was like, holy cow. And uh, we got up there and introduced her. And uh, when before we left, before she got done, this lady came up and hugged both of us. She's like, thank you so much. I didn't even yeah. know she existed. I love this lady. I'm telling you, folks, it happens every time. That's what stumping is. It's about going out there, getting in the public square, standing on top of a tree stump, and talking to the whole community and laying out your platform for what you're going to do. That's all these grassroots campaigns are doing. That's what um, right. Youngkin did in Virginia. That's what um, <clears throat> the guy up in uh, Jersey did. Ed Durr, the, Ed Durr did yep. in Jersey. That is a grassroots campaign. This other crap that you see with commercials and ads and this, that, and the other thing and the Hubaloo and all this stuff, that doesn't do anything. That's all smoke right. and mirrors, folks. Go listen to the guy who you can look in his eye at the end of it and say, are you really going to do this for us? And he can shake your hand, look you right back, and say, yes, we're going
3: to do it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's my stump.
1: Uh, just, so yeah,
3: you got anything, quick, just, you got anything else to promote? I a meeting and I had uh, somebody walk up to me after the meeting just like that. You know, they said, Listen to me, I gotta ask you a question. And it wasn't one it, you know, when you got like a large crowd, there, there's no way to do Q and A. But she said, How are you gonna do this? And she had five people or four people with her, five of them total. And I said, want me do this, this and this, she goes, I had no idea. And I said, I appreciate you asking. Thank you for giving me give me four minutes of your time. They go, Oh my God, you got our vote, thank you. That's that's all it takes. It is so Absolutely.
1: it's it's and it's I love watching it. It's it's amazing when people actually sit there and listen. And then even the lady said she's like, "Well, I'm still going to go back and look her up, but I'm definitely going to vote for her." And I was just like, "Go, please look her up. Look yeah. up what she stands for. Understand who she is. Don't just buy what everybody else says about everybody else. Go look it up yourself. Do yeah. your own independent research."
2: And I think a lot of people don't understand that the governor is more powerful than the president of each individual state. You supersede Agreed. the president, right? If if our if our current governors had actually stood up and did what they said they were going to do when they were campaigning, um, we wouldn't be any we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now, right? Our election wouldn't yeah. have been stolen from us. Our um our kids wouldn't be at risk of getting a jab. You know, all of this not yeah. being able to go to school without a jab. I mean, if. If our governors had some balls, some testicular fortitude, as I like to call it, then uh, we'd be a lot further along than than where we are. But, you know, we're we're just grateful and thrilled that we have people like you in the wings, Dr. Mark, that you're, you know, you're still fighting that good fight, that you understand that and that you're not giving up. So we appreciate you. Well,
3: I appreciate you guys, too. And I always look forward to being on with you. So uh, you guys are dear friends. So thank you so much for having me. We love having you, Doc.
2: We're going to try and make Dallas. It's a little touchy since we did just – we're in the process of moving now um, right. a little faster than
1: – We're trying to move. Yeah. And, and then – well, I mean, so, I'd still love to go. I still want to yeah, go. Yeah,
2: we, we might just get in the car and drive over there. So, you know, it's only like 16 hours. It's not a big deal. So.
3: <laughs> a little bit of a ways to go.
2: I yeah. got family in Dallas, so we can stay with them. So, you know, we'll just go and hang out for a couple of days. So we'll, we'll see. Um, it just – We'll have to get my parents to watch the kids yet again so
3: <laughs> that won't be a problem that's what
2: they're there for right so
3: that's it I hope to see you guys there that would be all great right.
2: yeah well we're we're gonna try absolutely otherwise we're gonna go to wherever the january one is because i know there's more coming up so um, yeah phoenix right. arizona fantastic yeah we can do that we got family in phoenix too so awesome. I, I, um, I, I got to call
1: Clay still because I got to see if he wants us to speak or not. I, yeah. I haven't actually We'll heard. work on that. So, yeah.
2: all right. Well, thank you again, Doc. We always love having you on and uh, we'll, we'll see you in a couple weeks. I know you're busy next Monday and Mick's working next Monday, but we'll, uh, we'll shoot for the week after that. So
3: perfect. Look, look right. forward to it. Love you guys very much. Love
2: you too. Love we'll you see you soon.
3: Have a good, have a good rest of the day. And thanks a bunch for being on. You know, you guys are awesome. Catch you later.
1: Talk to you later. Bye, sir. Bye.